0: All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Yank Sharp Stats Edition with myself, John Boy, Jake, and KT Stats, Katie Sharp. We're gonna sharpen our minds today. We're gonna talk about the season as a whole because we have enough season has happened that this is the real thing. We are into. Uh, we're getting into the dog days of summer. Where do we stand? What's going on? We're going to talk about Domingo Herman. What's going on with him? Is he fading? Are we worried? Is he still the best ever? And we're going to talk about Jonathan Holder. And then we have uh, KT's stat of the week. I'm excited. You're excited. Jake's excited. Katie, you're excited. How's everyone doing?
1: I'm doing great, guys. Yeah. How about that? Probably not as good as you. Uh, I probably did not have as good of a weekend as you guys. Um, after looking at some of your uh, your Instagram and, and your wonderful Twitter feeds, um, but yeah, I mean how how I mean I love it here. You know, Bahrain we got hundred degrees every day, sunny, ooh, ooh. and uh, we just we were able to celebrate the the Memorial Day weekend as well. Um, so yeah, it was fun.
0: One hundred no. degrees. Austin was eighty, and oh, I was yeah, almost at my limit.
1: Yeah, hundred. That's about average. I think we're getting up to about hundred and four, hundred and five later this week, so it should be really fun. Oof. You know?
0: That's brutal.
2: <laughs>
1: any any yeah, fun well, memorial. Well,
2: it is a coo- any fun it Memorial is a cool Day traditions in Bahrain? do they have uh,
1: um, Memorial Day a big yeah. celebration? Oh, um uh no. No, <laughs> yeah. there is uh there there was no celebrations except for the, uh, the celebrations that were on the base on the uh, the navy base that we are staying near. Um, they did have a uh, a nice Memorial Day picnic and in, in some softball games. Softball, yes. Uh, some right. softball. Did you get games in there at the base? I did not. No, it was uh, it was extremely hot. I don't know how these people <laughs> were playing softball. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 heat did not. Did not cooperate for that, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a blast and, uh, having a good time here. We got to explore some of the, uh, the sights and the sounds of the, of the, uh, of the country and, and, the city here. Um, we went to, if you, if you go to my Facebook page, um, you can search for me on Facebook, uh, we did, we went to this, uh, this tourist attraction called the, the Tree of Life. And it's really, it's, it's, pretty amazing as you probably know Bar- bahrain is in the desert um so there aren't many trees uh some the most of the trees are palm trees or they're fake but um there is this one tree of it's called the tree of life and it's about it's about it's supposed to be about 400 years old and it's just this tree it's in this oasis of basically oil fields and desert and this one tree it's about maybe 40 50 feet tall it looks pretty healthy um and it's all by itself you can't see anything else for about you know maybe 20-25 miles around it so it's pretty amazing um that was one of the cool things we saw we went to see a mosque it's called the grand mosque it's the most famous one in the country um and uh, as is beautiful and um yeah so we're having a good time here
0: nice and uh have you been able to I know you're watching the Yankee because 'cause you're tweeting and stuff, but how is the time change for you? For those that don't don't know, uh Katie's watching the Yankees and, and tweeting and giving us all the, the excellent stats at two AM? Three AM?
1: Uh that games start around two AM, yes. Jeez. And um it's it's been tough. I mean I'll just I plow through it and then just try and sleep, you know, sleep till noon. Um so, yeah, I'm I'm working on it. So if I don't exactly answer, you know, people tweet me questions and stuff. If I don't answer your questions, you know, and it's probably after the game, it's probably because as soon as that final pitch goes off, I try and shut off the computer as soon as possible. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I apologize, but you will get an answer probably uh, early in your morning um, in the afternoon for me. Um, and uh, just pray that uh, pray that no games get uh, have rain delays laser go for extra innings because you know then I'm gonna I think I might have to bail at that point.
0: Yeah, an extra inning win though that'll that'll shoot up your adrenaline and then you're up all then you're you're not falling asleep um, till nine a.m.
1: Well, I am uh, I am loving the melatonin right now. It's helping <laughs> a lot. So
0: been been there, yeah. Jake's yeah. Jake's yeah. coming down from his time in the sun, his bachelor party. He's oh no he, no
2: no no. Straight (laughs) north. Straight north? Straight north right now. (laughs) All right. Speaking of going straight
0: north, the Yankees are leading the division, Katie. They are playing unreal baseball. We're a third of the way through, two months into a six-month season, so it's real. We're getting into, like, okay. Like, we thought the West Coast trip may have been flash in the pan of greatness. The West Coast trip has now continued to a homestand, and a road trip and a lot of baseball. So where are we at with the Yankees right now? How excited should fans be about what we're seeing?
1: I I think fans should be absolutely thrilled with what we are seeing right now. Uh, I mean the first stat that I'm just going to throw out there is our record, 35 and 18. And if you guys want to know what our record was through 53 games last year, it was 35 and 18. Uh so I think it and obviously, you know, we always talk about, you know, look at the injuries, look at our roster, and we have the exact same record as we did last year. Um, and even better, I think this is an even better stat, is that since 1960, the only season they had a better record through 53 games than this 35 and 18 record was 1998. When it was, uh, they won forty of their first fifty-three, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. So I mean, this is arguably the second best start that we have had in the last fifty seasons or more you know, since nineteen sixty. So yeah, that's it, that's nearly sixty seasons, right? If I do yeah. my math correctly. It's a um, weird
0: thing to wrap my brain around because you want to say. Yeah. Hey, despite the injuries, the Yanks are still having a really good season. Like, that's what I want to tell the casual fans and like the people in my life, like, Hey, judge and Santa. Yeah, but we're still playing really good without them out. And that doesn't do it justice. (laughs) It's not like in spite of the Yankees being injured, they have a good, they're doing pretty well. It's like, no, who cares about that? They're playing the best. The Yankees have played since 1998. I mean, they're not
1: just hanging in there. They're not just hanging in there and hanging on for dear life and, kind of weathering the storm, you know, like, as you like to say, they're legitimately really good. Um, And uh, another thing that I did is I wanted to look at, you know, how this offense compared to to last year's offense. And the numbers are really remarkable. I think you may have – some people may have seen me tweet this out a couple days ago. But if you look at overall offensive production this year compared to last year, And I like to use a stat, uh, WOBA, uh, weighted on base average, which we've talked about a lot on here. Basically, Mm -hmm. you know, catch-all offensive stat, strikeouts, singles, doubles, triples. It it weights all those events more like they should be in the real world in terms of how uh, they contribute to runs scored. Uh, Mm -hmm. So last year's WOBA was 335. This year's WOBA, 334 and uh which is I mean and that's (laughs) remarkable I'm not even I'm not gonna go over yeah I'm yeah you can go through the rosters of the different teams and the plate appearances um and just you know kind of put your jaw back up uh to normal height at that point uh the profile is slightly different um you know obviously there's a little bit less slugging percentage and a little bit and more, uh, more on-base percentage and more batting average, which <laughs> some fans like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, the overall results have been the same. Um, another thing that, that fans probably like to see is that they actually have been less dependent on the home run. Uh, last year, they ranked first in the league with, a, with 51% of their uh, runs scored via home run. Right now, they're at 47%, which is 11th in the league. And,
0: I, um, I I saw somewhere I don't know if you have this in front of you so I don't mean to put you on spot but I saw somewhere that yeah the this team like the the runs scored via home run is less but they are on the same mm-hmm. pace home run wise as last year at this point it's
1: it's well it's there's a couple different ways I, I tweeted out that they have the same rate of home runs hit per plate okay. appearance because okay. they have less plate appearances at this point they actually have fewer total home runs, like the raw number of home runs. Oh, okay, is, is okay. slightly lasted by about three or four, so essentially the same. Um, but, yes, they are, have scored fewer runs via home run, um, and they've actually scored more runs per game this year than they did last year. Um, it's, they're at 5.37 per game compared to 5.25 uh, per game last year. Uh, so that's, and I think, you know, obviously the one difference that we we look at a lot is that they are much better this year in runners in scoring position. Um, and when you slice it, batting average on base percentage, um, I think even slugging percentage, they are doing a much better draw, job of that. Um, uh, the, the caveat to that is that, you know, their overall slugging percentage and is not as high. Uh, so... You know that's why last year's team was able to score so many runs uh, because of the uh, the differences in um, the runners and scoring position uh, numbers.
0: Yeah, I have uh, a quick so... fun fact about home runs. I'm looking at the baseball oh, reference. It. Yeah, so last year they had 19 different players hit a home run for them over the course of the whole season. September call ups, Shane Robinson show he got one. 19 different players hit a home run. Jake, guess how many players so far this season or a third of the way, have hit a home run for the Yankees. 19. 17. Wow. And, that, and that includes wow. zero from Andujar and zero from Stanton. Uh, Stanton should get one eventually. But, yeah, we're at 17 already, and we have some fun names. Greg Bird has one opening day. Mike Ford, Kendrick Morales, and Troy Tulowitzki all have one home run for the Yankees so far. It's kind of cool. That's it's spread important. out.
1: That's a fun fact to. Uh, we got to monitor that. That's going to be a one one to track.
0: I wonder what the record is for most players on a team to hit a home run in the season, because uh, we will break nineteen, which we had last year. Because I mean, people are going to run in run into them, right? Like uh, Higgy will probably run into one at some point down the line. Stanton's going to get one, and we'll probably trade for someone, and we might. We I want to find out that record. I'll do some digging.
2: What else? Well, do you, you know
1: ha- what. Yeah. I can actually dig that number up in about 14 seconds. Wow.
2: Dee really Dee Gregorius te- might catch one start this the year. Countdown. Yeah, Dee might the get countdown. one. All right. The old 14 second countdown brought to you by Talking Yanks. Three, two, one, Katie.
1: Hold on, my friend. Br- I, I sped that up. I'm in Bahrain. The, the yeah, internet that, isn't so uh, good in Bahrain. Hold Jake's, on. Jake's 14 no, I'm second just countdown. I just got it. So if you're looking for the major league record for the number of players on a team with at least one home run. That would be 25.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Uh, and uh, not so many good teams on this list <laughs> of 25. It would be the uh, last year's uh, San Francisco Giants. Oh, no. 2017 San Francisco Giants. Okay. Sort of a forgettable team. Um, the 2016 Mets. Yeah, uh, wow. the 2011 Diamondbacks, don't really remember them so much, and the 2001 Rockies.
0: Yeah, so not teams so, you would think. No. I guess you want more, you want – n-
1: Oh, yes, and the Yankees record, um, yeah, this, is, this was a forgettable, the most forgettable Yankee team probably of, of our um, in recent memory. The 2013 Yankees wow, 23.
0: So I guess that's, so. The interesting, that's the interesting thing. When you have a lot of players hit a home run, that means you're using a lot of players, which means you don't have a solid yep. core.
2: U- usually young guys or you're replacing guys who aren't performing instead of just putting an all-star team on the injured list. Yeah, and just since we're wow. here, <laughs> just since we're here,
0: I will let you know every player on the 2013 Yankees that had less than five home runs. Are you ready? Here we go. Chris Stewart, Eduardo Nunez, Jason Nix, Mark Teixeira got injured, Francisco Cervelli, Brandon Bosch, he played a lot, David Adams, he screwed up the Cliff Lee trade, Kevin Euculus, Austin Romine had one in 2013, he's been around a while, huh? you forget that. Yeah. Uh, Zoilo Almonte, what a fun name, Derek Jeter had one, Brendan Ryan had one, and Ben Francisco had one. So we got to beat that while being very good, that's, that's why proves how weird this season is for the Yankees. We have a lot of guys contributing that are stepping up. Mike Ford, Kendrick Morales, And usually that would mean you're not playing good baseball. Well, we just, <laughs> we kind of just found that out. But for, I think that the Yankees have a chance to beat their all-time record of amount of players. Like we said, we're at 17 already. Stanton, Didi, they'll get some Higgy and maybe a so, trade, some more call-ups. I think we're going to do it.
1: 23. Is the number. Now, and speaking of uh, beating, speaking of playing good baseball, the other thing I want to bring up compared to last year um, as we do this uh, Memorial Day checkup, reality check, is that, hey, the Yankees are actually beating bad teams this year. Shocking, right? This mm-hmm, was the biggest yeah. complaint from last year. Well, here are the numbers, you know, to sort of wet your whistle. The Yankees this year have a 722 win percentage against uh, teams that are uh, 500 or worse, and that's fourth best in the league. Last year, that win percentage was 648. That's a pretty big difference. They're also... uh,
0: Sorry, I I really think that's a mentality change from the coaching staff. Like, Boone was very public, I'm not going to chase wins every day. It was relaxed vibe. I think that uh, I think the fans were right last year. And I think that Cashman and Boone and co took a look in the mirror and said, yes, okay, we need to be much more aggressive every single day. They went into last year thinking the best route was like big picture. And the Red Sox kind of rubbed it in their face like, no, it's to win every day. And where I think we are seeing the change. So I'm happy. I'm very happy to see it. But we're beating bad teams, which is nice.
1: Yes, and we are still beating the good teams as well. <laughs> That's even better. That's even we better. are. The win percentage is not quite as good as last year, uh, but relative to the rest of the league. Um, so we are one of four teams that currently has a winning record against teams with winning records. So we are 9-8 and eight against those teams. Can Only you give three the other, other teams three? can say that. Oh, I don't have it up here no right now. No problem. Um, but um, let's
2: see, uh, Astros, yeah, I don't have it up
1: here right now. It's probably the Astros,
2: Dodgers, uh, Twins. Yeah, let's probably. see
1: if you're right. Ah, uh, um, Twins, I don't know. But last last year Jim they were the first. They, last year they were first in that metric, I believe, uh, with a 570 uh, record. And um, here we got it right here. Yeah, it's the uh, the Dodgers, the Astros, and the Phillies.
0: Boom! Twins oh. suck. Told you. Uh, Best record so, in baseball.
1: Yeah. No, the, the Twins are – Twins' best record in baseball are 6-8. and eight. So Yeah, they're not good. Against winning teams. No, but they uh, – but it's not a problem for them because they get to play a lot of bad teams. <laughs> so That's what we, we talked Central.
0: about. Yeah, we talked about that yeah. on la- – They get to play the Orioles 54 times a season plus the actual Orioles six yeah. times. They
1: get yeah. 60 free Central. games.
0: God. Yeah. No, what a lucky guy.
1: Hey. <laughs> They'll get their own reality check when October comes, right? Yeah, that's yeah. There you go.
0: All right. We'll Any anything else on the uh, the team as a whole at this point, a third of the way through?
1: Uh, that was what I had. I don't know what you guys um, have observed or, or what you're thinking, um, but yeah, that's got me really, really, you know, really encouraged by by what by what we've done so far. Well, one thing I do want to point out is that. Uh, You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, this this can't be sustainable. Like, these these guys can't keep it up. But on a team level, if you, you know, we like to look at some of the the expected StatCast stats, you know, that look at, just look at basically at uh, exit velocity and launch angle and quality of contact stuff. And there are very, very small differences um, in their expected batting average, their expected slugging, um, and their expected WOBA compared to their actual numbers. Um, right in the middle of the pack, it's basically one percentage, two percentage points. So, all those people that say, "Oh, they're never going to keep this up," they're playing way above their heads. Um, that's that's not actually what the stats are saying. And uh, on the other hand, teams like the teams like the Twins, their expected stats are much higher than their actual stats. Uh, so they are playing a little bit above their heads. Um, so. So I yeah. think that this is this is something that's absolutely sustainable and absolutely can improve um, when you look at the players that we are uh, w- that we're going to get back.
0: Yeah, and the, and I mean I will see how it plays out when Didi gets back, but DJ LeMahieu is still going to get a lot of playing time. Urshela's playing time might be dropped a little bit, but those two guys right now on this team during this hot stretch are guys that are doing the things with two outs, with runners in scoring position. Like I don't even blink. I'm like, okay, right, DJ's up. All right, Urshela's up. Like they are going to yeah. get this done. I mean, with two strikes, with two strikes, DJ Urshela this season is a 301 hitter with a 354 on base percentage. With two strikes, that's not that common. Usually, with two strikes, people are bad because they have. Two oh strikes yeah, on
1: them. I I think I've tweeted out the fact that he is one of the best in the league. He's,
0: yeah, and um, and and with two strikes, DJ Lemayhu has a 275 on base percentage. With a 3.37 OBP right now, which again for two strikes is pretty good. So these guys, they're not going like they're not going. Cameron Maben might miss time, uh, but DJ I think Urshela and DJ are going to be around. They're going to be getting at bats. Glaber's going off. So like, uh, there's not that many people and, leaving.
1: That that and that's one good thing I want to want to point out is that people a lot of people are saying, oh well, when Judge and Stanton and, and those guys come back. Uh, our runners in scoring position is just gonna plummet and we're just gonna be hit going for the long ball. And that is absolutely not true because what, it's gonna be the best of both worlds. Because we are gonna get these guys that can, you know, change the game with one swing, but we are also gonna have the guys like DJ and Urshela in the lineup that are, you know, more of the, the contact hitters and, and putting the ball in play and, and hitting, hitting with runners in scoring position those guys are still going to get there at bats. Uh, people people forget that. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is sort of the best of both worlds that we're going to have once we do get a fully healthy squad.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's 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 just felt balanced across the board. I mean, you you look at their team totals, batting average, they're third in the AL. Um, Run scored their third, OPS their fourth, and I think home runs right now were only fourth, which I think would probably surprise people, especially when you think New York Yankees. So, um, And it, it's also been cool because you see the different – it feels like two guys step up a week. Like right now, Guardy and Clint are out of their mind. Um, LeMahieu and Urshela have been at it all year. Glaber and Gary, you, you know, you can almost look at every couple weeks the West Coast trip when Luke Voigt was going nut job. So, so that's been – pretty fun from the offensive level and I I think it is funny that we're (laughs) now we're living in fear about when our better players come back what's that going to look like we'll figure it out and and we'll make it work but the other part of this team that has been balanced Katie has been the pitching um the pitching is currently fourth in the AL a three seven nine ERA um a chunk of that is the bullpen being lights out a chunk of that for a while Katie was Domingo Herman who we've seen kind of have his first hiccup this season and I know Jimmy and I, we first raised kind of the oh, the yellow flag or the orange flag, whatever color you picture the intermediate flag being. Um, first, it started with uh, innings. Um, Domingo Herman having only pitched uh, 123 innings, I think is his career high. I want to say that was 2014. And I mean, we're talking 2019 now. So that was five years of not pitching over 120 innings, which... I, that flag is actually more orange than yellow. I think and it's it starting pre- to get close Tommy to red. Pre Tommy
0: John, pre Tommy John, with those numbers as well.
2: Right, and then, um, and then, Katie, we see he has. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a hiccup or, or maybe it's just bad against the Royals. A couple giving up six home runs to the Royals this year, but he gives up four home runs his last start, seven earned runs, and he he hasn't been as sharp as he's been, lady. What uh? From one sharp to another, what can you tell us about that?
1: Oh, Jake, that was a tremendous segue. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> wow, needed it.
2: needed it.
0: Needed that on this hungover yes. Tuesday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. A lot of people will say, "Oh, well, you know, you know, he had one blip, he had one bad game." But actually, if you kind of look back a little bit further. He's been shaky in three of his last four starts. Um, That's dating back to the May 10th game that he had at Tampa Bay. Um, And that's when the real, what I see as the real regression has, the real regression started when you you compare his last four games versus his first seven games that he had. Um, And the biggest thing that jumps out to me, and, and we also, we saw it on Sunday, was the home run. And In his first seven starts, or his first seven games, actually it included one relief appearance that we're just going to kind of throw in there. Um, He gave up two home runs, and that was in 38 38 and a third innings pitched. In his last four games, and that is starting with that May 10th game when he gave up two home runs, he's allowed seven in the last four games. So that home run regression is sort of the, the biggest factor um, I think that has bit him hardest um, so far, and you knew you kind of knew it was going to happen. Allowing two home runs in 38 innings is <laughs> that's that's not a sustainable rate, even for a guy like uh you know like a Jacob Degrom or a, or a Clayton Kershaw or somebody like that. That's not something that's going to be sustainable. Um, but that wasn't the only thing that you could say. Was sort of a a troubling sign, a sign of a sign of a uh, you know regression coming up um, from his first seven games. Um, you know he was fantastic in his first seven games. He had that two point three three five ERA, which was I believe one of the top five in the in the AL. Um, you know all of his other kind of stats. the... The batting average, the on-base percentage allowed, the slugging percentage allowed, those were top 10 marks in the American League at that point. Um, but there was, there was a lot of warning signs uh, when you kind of looked at some of his, what we like to call, uh, you know, maybe those lucky stats or, or those expected, or those, um, you know, kind of regression-prone regression stats. His BABIP, his batting average on bat, bar, balls in play in those first uh, seven games, 204, um, which is remarkable Is it was the fourth lowest in the league. His homer-to-fly ball ratio, which I, which I mentioned slight, sort of before, it was 5.1%. That was seventh lowest in the league. Um, and uh, like I said, his ERA was actually 11th best in the majors at that point. Uh, so all those numbers were fantastic, but they screamed, they absolutely screamed regression. Um, and the StatCast numbers backed it up as well. Uh, we like to, like, as I've mentioned before, you know, you look at sort of, away, one way to look at regression is to look at uh, the difference in the expected stats versus the actual stats, with those expected stats really representing uh, the quality of the contact that he had given up. The expected his expected woba versus his actual woba, the difference there ranked fourth. I guess highest or lowest, it had the fourth largest difference um, in the majors at that point. And uh, his effect, the difference in his expected slugging versus his actual slugging was ninth. So those numbers, whew, wow! You know, you knew that some sort of uh, some sort of um, you know kind of getting back to normal was going to happen to him, and it and it did happen in that May 10th game, I think, um, when he, he just sort of he, – he had those first couple bad home run, you know, first couple bad games with a lot of home runs, and he kind of get hit, got hit hard again. And we've seen it now. In these last four games, a 5.32 ERA, an OPS of 8.59, and a more normal – batting average on balls and play of 295. So those are the numbers. And I think we've all seen, you know, kind of him really, you know, kind of just be a bit more labored on the mound. He doesn't have that confidence anymore. Um, once you saw him give up a bunch of hits in a row, um, he wasn't able to, to sort of to stop the bleeding. And I think, you know, that's been sort of one of the biggest, just in terms of the eye test that I've seen over yeah. these last, uh, last four games.
0: I've got some eye test and simple stats uh, thoughts on Herman. So last year he gave up 15 home runs and four of them came on the first or second pitch of the at bat. This year he's given up nine home runs and six of them have come on the first or second pitch. Now last year he was wild and that didn't have great control this year. in his first seven starts as Boone likes to say, he was filling up the zone with all his pitches. So I think, because that scouting report changed, we have teams like the Royals saying, swing big and swing early because he's giving you strikes. So he's got a lot of first pitch home runs, second pitch home runs. Also, the list of names that have hit home runs off him aren't that impressive. Have you seen that? It's it's Jorge Soler yeah. twice, Hunter Dozier, Ryan O'Hare, Martin Maldonado, Stevie Wilkerson. Austin Meadows is an impressive name, and... G Man Choi can hit one, but he's not like a 30 home run guy, you know? So I think it's these guys that Herman's trying to throw, like, get me over first, second pitches to get ahead in the count. And he's not expecting them to swing big. So he's not being as careful. And they're just swinging big right away.
1: Well, that actually, you can, that actually backs up with the stats because I kind of was, I was really curious about, you know, how this regression could hit him so hard and so quickly. So I sort of looked at some of his pitches. And the good news is that his curveball is, is still excellent. His curveball mm-hmm. is still electric, still getting a ton of whiffs, the same number of whiffs, um, you know, a slightly higher batting average and slugging percentage allowed. Um, and, uh, but it, it's been fantastic. And, and that's, you know, his put-away pitch, his, 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 his get-me-out pitch. The problem is that he hasn't been able to get – he hasn't been able to use that pitch as much because his fastball and his changeup are getting absolutely hammered. And those are the pitches that, you know, he often first starts off guys with, you mm-hmm. know, trying to get that strike one. Um, and I just, I got to throw these, these numbers out here. Opponents against his fastball in the, uh, in his last four games are hitting three eighty nine with a seven seventy eight slugging percentage against his changeup. It's, a three thirteen batting average with a seven fifty slugging percentage. Those both those numbers were both sub two hundreds in his first seven games. Yeah. Um, and the differences, and it, so I, I had to dig further. You know, maybe, <laughs> you know like, I'm an idiot, but um, I had to dig further. And what I saw is that uh, it's it's the number one rule in baseball, right? Location, location, location. He was he was basically tossing a ton of in his last four games, he's been tossing a ton of hanging change-ups, so a 50% increase in the rate of uh, change-ups that he's thrown in, right in the heart of the zone uh, when you look at it on StatCast, and his sinker has been getting about three-fourths of a less uh, inch of horizontal movement. With a sinker, you know, horizontal movement is absolutely key along with you know having the ball sink, but... Horizontal movement probably is as much as is that important, and it's just not going anywhere. It's not getting that sideways sideways movement that he needs in order to get in order to full batters with his with his sinker, um, and uh, his sinker. He's also not he's also not getting his sinker to sink at all. It's elevating in the zone a lot more. Um, you can see that it's it's just become a more hittable pitch for for players and absolutely what you you brought out with those first and second pitch home runs um i think that that's been the biggest problem for him uh in these last four games yeah
0: we'll see hopefully i mean i think i mean I, i'm not looking at this and thinking it's damning like oh he's not gonna be who he is i think i think he turned the corner pretty solidly and this is the first bump in the new road he's on and he just has to figure this out like i'm not I'm not too worried about Herman. But it is interesting cuz he start he came out like a rocket and now he's kind of slowed down a little bit. Jake, you're big yeah, Herman what, guy. What did- Are you worried?
2: No, wor- worry's not the word and I I I guess what I want to send back is this almost seems like a natural progression. Like we saw Domingo Herman take a step and kind of take a leap forward and then we saw it kind of catching up a little bit. I guess Katie, the the one thing I'd want to know uh, analytically or statistically or however you want to label it, uh, the four starts, so the month of May, the four starts previous to this, the numbers are still pretty good. I mean, he was 23.2, 266 ERA with a t- 270 BABIP, which, again, is still a little low, but um, if if he had taken a leap, you could say, wow, yeah, I mean, he's a tough guy to hit. How much is this one Royal start really throwing off his month of May. You know what I'm saying? Because I well I, I I feel like if he bounces back and has two two decent starts, we're gonna look back and say, this is clearly the only blip on the radar.
1: Yeah, I mean this was a a very large blip and his, right. his ERA actually went from I think two point six zero to three point four three after that one start um right. that he had, the the Royal start. Um So, yes, it is absolutely possible that this is one large blip, but it is worth noting that he did have a couple smaller, you know, medium-sized blips um, in those other three games that I'm, or in two of the other three games that I mentioned during this four-game stretch, whereas he really had been so consistent during the first seven games. I mean, that was one of the things that I think was most encouraging about those first seven games is that, his, was his consistency um, and his ability to, to limit damage, even if he did maybe put a couple of runners on base. Um, and another thing that I think is really encouraging, you know, that, that you're going to like Jake too is, when, you know, how I mentioned his biggest problem has been location. And that's something that's absolutely fixable. Unless he's, you know, unless he's hurting, unless he's injured, unless some, there's been some sweeping mechanical differences, which I haven't seen um, you know, he's location is something that is absolutely fixable. And, uh, and I, so I think that, you know, he just needs to get to work on that. And if, if, if the pitching coaches and the others, you know, kind of see this as well, I think that's something that can absolutely happen, um, and that he can work on it. And it's going to be a challenge to him because like you said, this is sort of his first big, big downturn of the season, um, but I'm, I'm really curious to see how how he responds uh, over his next start.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I just think the other thing that I, I guess would technically be the other side of the coin and what my bigger what-to-watch-for thing with Domingo would be, Domingo is really faced a who's who of bad teams. Uh, you keep mentioning those first seven starts. Detroit-Baltimore-White Sox-Royals-Angels-Giants. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. And then There's so many bad in, teams. In the month of May, he took on Jimmy's Twins and had a really nice start. And then the Tampa Bay Rays start is when we kind of see five innings, three in a run, we kind of started to see that falter a little bit. Then Baltimore-Baltimore-Kansas Can- City. So I'm going to be more interesting when we get a couple a Red Sox set or – um, wh- whoever it may be, to see to see where Domingo is at. He will
0: face the Red Sox on Thursday, I believe, or Friday. Look at that,
1: or uh, Friday. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's Tanaka Tuesday, Paxton Wednesday, and then it's gonna be uh, Herman and Hap on Thursday, Friday. I don't know which one's going when because they both did the. No, I don't. I don't know,
1: but yeah, he yeah, will. It, yeah.
0: They haven't said yet. So he will be facing the Red Sox, Jake. So you'll see how he does there. All right. The, the next main topic we have was brought to us by a caller, a friend of the show. I'm going to play the voicemail here. Hey, guys. Andrew from Kitchen calling after the Baltimore series.
2: Jonathan Holder's ERA is close to five, but he still has uh, very good peripherals and uh, I can guarantee
0: you that he will have a a three-and-a-half ERA or better by the end of the year. It's not going to
2: regress fully because just because you have bad luck doesn't mean you're going to have good luck, et cetera, et cetera. And I also want to ask Katie Sharp, uh, uh, does she see that same uh,
0: positive regression, whether it's his uh, left-on-base percentage, his soft contact, his slightly
2: higher BAPF, et cetera? Uh, Yeah, your thoughts.
0: Okay. I want to talk about Holder because I think it's an interesting thing because I think it's – I like analytics and I embrace them up to a point and we're getting to a point with holder where I've almost reached my limit because I know that, and you can tell us more that some of those stats are good, but I think he leads the league in meltdowns, which is a stat you told us about relievers. And I also, I feel like, and uh, I'll give, do, give this to you, Katie is that the analytics and the expected stats just see all ground balls as great. They should be outs. So they'll most likely won't find holes. Fact of the matter is a lot of games include base hits that are ground ball hits. So we can't just rule all ground ball hits as like unlucky. Like there are such things as good ground ball hits. And I feel like just because Holder gives those up doesn't mean he's unlucky. Does that make sense? I don't know.
1: Um, Sort of. Uh, I'm going to address a couple things here.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I threw a lot <laughs> heard- at you.
1: <laughs> I'm eggs. not sure about that. Ground, I'm not sure about that ground ball thing. But um, the first thing I do want to mention is that yes, he does lead lead the league in shutdown in uh, excuse me in meltdowns. Which, um, if you guys don't know, it's a fan graph stat. It's excellent. I, I think it's a really good way a good way to evaluate relievers. Um, and what it means is that during the reliever's appearance, he reduced his team's chances of winning by six percent or more. Um, and that's using the win probability stat, which you guys are probably familiar with hopefully um, on the contrary, there's also these things called shutdowns, which means that the reliever increased his team's winning percent chance of winning the game by six percent uh, when he was in the game so one thing i do do want to mention about that about leading the league in meltdowns is that five of those nine meltdowns came in the first seven games of the mm-hmm. season for him okay um and he's had four, he does. he has had four but in the past 14 games and to go along with that he's had six i think it's five or six uh shutdowns shutdowns um in those last 14 games which is a much better ratio um than the, than the one in uh then during his first seven games which was i believe it was uh like i said five mel- five meltdowns and he had one shutdown in that in that span So I think that a lot of that is baked into those first seven games. And as Jake had mentioned, I think Jake mentioned this stat before, that the magical date that we're looking at is that April 22nd game um, in in which uh, he faced, uh, let me bring it up, he faced the Royals, and he, um, or no, the April 22nd game was was the Angels. So his first seven games was through April 20th. And in that time, he was, he was pretty horrible. Um, I have the numbers here. It was a 6-5-5 ERA in those seven games over 11 appearances in an 8-3-3 OPS, uh, which is not very good. And he blew a save. Um, I think he may have been, uh, yeah, he was only credited with one blown save. But as I said before, five meltdowns, which are essentially really bad appearances for for a relief pitcher Mm -hmm. um and then since then in his uh his next 14 games which is sort of this current run he's been going on since april 22nd it's a much more respectable i think 3.68 era um and that doesn't do it do it justice he's his his batting line is actually pretty pretty spectacular it's a 176 batting average allowed, a 276 OPS, and a 196 slugging percentage. So only one extra base hit given up in these last 14 games, and that's over about 14 innings, 14 and two-thirds innings. Um, So I think that really speaks to how much better he is over this time. And when you talk about, you know, I think our our voicemail guy, uh alluded to positive regression back to the mean and that's absolutely what has happened to uh to jonathan holder
0: so my problem is then i just think he's mismanaged like i don't think he should be put out for a second inning of work two games ago, his last two appearances i don't think he should see a tie game in extra innings uh, i don't think he's the guy the yankees want him to be yet uh, until the positive regression and the results are meeting the expectations, I don't want to see him in big spots. And I so like even if the expected stats are like, well, he's going to regress soon. Can I wait until he regresses back to like being good until we throw him into a tie game and extras again? Is that a, is that allowed, or am I that's, too that's, negative?
1: <laughs> I think that you're absolutely right, and that's actually happened somewhat uh, one of the two things you mentioned two things there which were really interesting the multi-inning appearances and the leverage the high leverage situations um and that was something that i looked into because i know that it's been a, a constant thing on my twitter feed is oh well why'd Boone leave him in for the second one well actually in it this is pretty remarkable in those first seven appearances he had was it yeah he had six multi-appearance uh multi-inning appearances in 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 uh in those first seven games of the season, since then he's only had four in his last fourteen. So I think Boone has been a little bit more conscious mm-hmm. of uh, of not putting him out there that's for that second inning. On the other hand, um, I kind of looked at I wanted to look at the uh, the leverage stats as well, and the leverage index of his games has actually been this has actually been pretty much the same. So his average leverage index, um, uh, let's see, when he uh, when he entered games was was like one point was one point one in his first seven, and it's about one point about one point two in his last fourteen. So it's actually increased a little bit. Um, so there hasn't been much difference there, uh, but. But the I think it is it is encouraging that he's not putting him out there for that second inning of yeah. work.
0: Well, he did once in the last week and it didn't work. So Right, in the last week yeah. and or something like that.
1: Yeah, he so. did do that.
0: I'm like in this weird mix because all the people that are on Twitter that are saying like, oh, holders in, we're going to lose, I have feel w- that with them. Like I just don't – if he's in a close game, I don't have a good vibe, especially if other people are available. But then I don't fully think he's as bad as his line as well. So
1: yeah, he's absolutely. And I looked. I wanted to look at you know what he's been doing differently in these in these past fourteen games, and it's pretty remarkable. I think that one of the things is that you know during his during his bad streak in those first seven games, it was like I said with Herman, it was screaming regression. This time in the other direction, um, on a positive manner, and that he had a a three forty three bad BIP. A 56% left on base percentage, which was sort of which was the 11th lowest in the, in the, among relievers, and he had a pretty high um, homer to fly ball ratio, about 17%. So all of those are sort of what we like to call, you know, in quotes, luck statistics. Mm-hmm. Whereas where you know a low left on base percentage, is probably something that's not going to be sustainable. Um, a high BAPIP and a high homer-to-fly ball ratio, and those have come down a lot in the last 14 games. It's a a 273 BAPIP. It's still a bad but a slightly higher uh, 63% uh, left on base percentage, and he hasn't allowed a home run in the last uh, 14 games. Well, that's Um,
0: good. My my other thing about – That's good.
1: Not sustainable, though.
0: (laughs) My other thing was we were watching the games with friends who aren't Yankee fans in Austin and Holder was pitching and I was they were like, what what's what's his game? And I was like, I don't know. I know Chad Green is high fastballs. I know Adovino has a power sinker, or Adovino has a slider and two-seamer. I know that uh Britain has a power sinker. Chapman's slider like I don't know what Holder's goal is. Like how he works counts, how he sets up. And I've been watching him for two full seasons now a lot. And I still don't really know like what He's, I felt the same way with Adam Warren. Like what's his goal? I don't know. Well,
1: yeah, that's that's he yeah. he's exa- I, he's a lot like Adam Warren. Um, the key for him, he's you know, he's got fastball ch- changeup slider guy, but really what the key for him is getting getting soft contact and getting pop-ups because he's not a ground ball guy. His ground ball rate is about 40%. So he gives up a, he gives up a fair amount of of fly balls. And the thing is in in those first seven games, those fly balls were getting hammered. They were getting sent over the fence. Um, and we saw that with the home runs. We saw that with the hard contact. Um, but in these last 14 games, and this is, this is a pretty remarkable difference, and I think this is the key, and I, and I want to emphasize this. Um, his average exit velocity on fly balls was 91.5% in those first seven games. It's down to 83%. I'm sorry, percentage, miles per hour. Sorry, miles per hour in the last 14 games. So 91 miles per hour in the first seven, 83 miles per hour uh, in the last 14 on those fly balls. And you know what? And it's it's not a surprise that his pop-up rate in his last 14 games, 28%. Okay. His pop-up rate in his first seven games, percent.
0: All right. I'll give him more chances, just not so, high leverage chances.
1: Yes. And uh, I think the other thing that, that's really helped him um, is that his first pitch strike percentage, so getting ahead of hitters, this is key for him too because he's not going to overpower you with that high fastball. He doesn't have elite velocity or anything like that. He doesn't have an elite pitch, so he needs to get ahead of hitters. His first pitch strike percentage in his first seven games was 54%. In his last 14, it's 64%. So that's a 10 percentage point increase. Back to about, basically above league average now. He was well below league average before. Now he is, you know, above league average. And he is getting ahead of hitters. That's, you know, he's getting those pop-ups. And that's allowed him to sort of, you know, pitch a lot more comfortably i think and um you know that combined with the fact that he's only pitching an inning on m- most games i think that's really helped him um become what i think is a much more dependable reliever
0: yeah that's I'm what like you that. just said the one word you just said really reson- resonated is he doesn't have an elite pitch which is so weird for a reliever these days to not have like usually you become a reliever because you have one nasty pitch and you don't have an arsenal of nasty pitches. And he does, he's got an arsenal of, like, good pitches that he can work with. It's interesting. It's different than uh, the rest of our bullpen. Definitely different I, than the rest of our bullpen. I,
2: I've, I've been labeled the Jonathan Holder defender on the Internet just from tweeting out pure factual stats about him last year. Jimmy, know who has the most innings out of our bullpen? Jonathan Holder. Jonathan Holder, over anyone. Chapman, Sessa, Otavino, all those guys. You and I talked briefly the other day how we we were getting a little worried. Are we overusing these guys in our bullpen? Because the Canley Otavino Britain stuff has been money for so long. So I, I think it's the scope you view Jonathan Holder in. When our bullpen is healthy, Jonathan Holder is supposed to be what? Our sixth reliever? Um and I I just think, I mean, even if, if Chad gets right, when Dylan gets back. So, yes, I, I agree. Like, some of these extra innings, you're seeing Jonathan Holder in that 91-mile-per-hour fastball when we live in a day of age of baseball where guys are swinging for the fence every pitch. You're sitting there saying, yeah, I don't love this right now. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see that Dylan slider come out right now. Yeah. But I, I think once Chad finds his form, Dylan comes back, I think I I mean Jonathan Holder as a six reliever is a perk that Yankee fans I I don't think they'll understand and I I know I'm not the biggest advanced stats guy but I try to work on him his FIP is exact exactly the same as it was last year it was 304 yeah. last year for the whole season right now it's 304 this year so um, I again when I'm talking when I'm talking Holder. It's it's not that I'm obsessed with him and I want him pitching over Britain uh Adovino, Canely, or any of those guys, but we do <laughs> he gets overlooked that a lot of teams don't have a Jonathan Holder as the 6th or 7th guy out of their bullpen. Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah, I mean, his FIP his FIP even during those those first 7 games, it was it was a 4.3, which is much lower than that um, you know, it's not great. But it was much lower than his ERA. So you knew that there was, there was still, he was still doing a, some good things during those first seven games. And his, um, this is pretty good is his strikeout rate has actually increased from 21% in those first seven to 31% in these last 14. So 31% strikeout rate from your sixth or seventh best reliever. Um, and combine that with all the, with all the, uh, the pop-ups that he's getting. That's a, that's a pretty good pitcher, in yeah. my opinion. That's cool. All
0: right, that uh that winds down our main segment. So we are bringing something new to the table, and it is Katie's fun stat of the week. Right? Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> I
1: don't know what we're, <laughs> hey, very very hey, creative guys, name for us. You guys out there, you guys out yeah. there, we need a name for this. All right. Need a new one. We need a name for this for this uh for this little segment. The yes, I'm going stat. to uh, the sharpest stat of the week, That's good. Um, and this is sort of a this is a nod to our uh, our terrific host here, Jake Storielli. Or wow. uh, I didn't even say that right, did I? Oh, no, you no, you had it, you, you nailed, nailed it. it. Yeah, you got it. Oh, respect. I nailed it. All right. Yep. Yeah. Um, talking Jake, um, <laughs> who who sort of has this man crush. I'm gonna call yes. it a man crush. A man crush on uh, Mr Estrada. Tyro. Man,
2: crush would be, man Crush would be light um, on the way oh. I feel about Tyro Estrada. That's all I'll say, but please go on.
1: So, we, we, know, we, love, we all love Tyro Estrada, though. Yeah. And this is going to be the reason why I think 100% of uh, Yankee fans are going to start to love Tyro Estrada after I say this stat. So, Tyro Estrada, he currently has, he's sporting a uh, .5 war on fan graphs. In, uh, in 47 plate appearances over 21 games. Does that sound pretty good?
0: Sounds pretty good. Yes.
1: That sounds excellent, in case sounds you didn't know. <laughs> sounds pretty good. 47 plate appearances, and he has half a war. So what I like to do is, you know, kind of put everybody on sort of the same baseline, a season-long baseline. We can kind of look at this stat of war. Um, because it's not fair, because you know all these all these guys have played a lot more games. But if you look at WAR on a 600 plate appearance 600 plate appearance um, kind of rate status, so WAR per 600 plate appearances, that's about how many you would get in a season, correct? So a guy like Mike Trout, you know, he's got 11 WAR per 600 plate appearances, or something like that. Um, Tyro Rowstrada not as good as Mike Trout, but He does have his. When you look at his war on a 600 plate appearance um, rate basis, he is on track for 6.4 war per 600 plate appearances, which just happens to be the best on the team, on the Yankees. He is on pace. You know, if you kind of set everybody the same baseline, his war is the highest on the Yankees. There you go, Jake. He is the most valuable Yankee on the team right now.
0: Per plate appearance. But, yes, that is
1: crazy. Per plate appearance.
2: Per, PPA. Asterisk if, PPA.
1: If, if Boone had been smart enough to have him on the roster at the beginning of the season, if he had been smart enough to put him as a regular <laughs> for the entire season, no, I'm just kidding there. But Did, um, he, even, did yes. he even
0: have a good spring? Oh, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what? what is going on with him (laughs) it's crazy was he even doing well in double a jake or in triple a
2: he's the best to ever do it so i'd guess yes um he might be he might be a a solid spring he he was he was getting some love he was uh i mean he wasn't doing this (laughs) he was he was hitting 273 um in 10 games in triple a but uh yeah i i I mean katie just summed it up at that the, the young prince, Tyro Strata, it's not smoke and mirrors. Like, the guy looks like he can be good, but he's probably not Mike Trout, which I'm not going to – actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't know. Yeah. But, no, he's not. But uh, I, I think it, per plate appearance, if you had – I mean, think about the trivia question that would have been. I mean, That's coming into one. this season, Who who do you think is going to lead the Yankees in highest war per plate appearance? when would tyro estrada have been guessed 50th
0: um, no i mean as many he would have been the last to be guessed out of all of the possible hitters on the 40 man so i'm going to say like
2: 26th i think you had the pitchers too cuz maybe you think it's like fluky like oh, if yeah, one yeah, of them yeah, hits yeah, a yeah. home run in interleague play yeah yeah um yeah, so, so he's pretty yeah. low on the guest list you're right crazy
0: well we'll end it right there on a fun note yankees are winning herman little blip we're not that worried holder we should hold out some faith for oh and tyro shot the young prince is the mvp of all of baseball so there you go thank you very much katie for uh including us in all the insight you have in the game making us smarter fans jake you suck and that about ends the show any last words
1: Let's, Let's go, go Yankees. Yankees.
0: Go Yankees. Yes. Tell them, Grams.
1: Go Yankees.